What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each week. My name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm the associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Matt, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. It's good that you guys are listening. I'm glad I talked with a couple of listeners this week, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. Um, we appreciate you guys. We love you, and we miss seeing you. Um, for those we haven't been able to see in person, we miss you. And we do want to hear from you. You know, it's a, an extra way to connect, so you can always send us emails. Yeah. Um, and, and today we were going to talk a little bit about complaining. That's right. Yeah, this Sunday you uh, got the opportunity to dive into kind of the uh, scriptural basis for our new name. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard, it's Arise Church Denver. We're really excited about it. Um, yeah, Arise into the life that God has for us coming out of... Um, Isaiah 60, verses uh, 1 through 3, that we're supposed to arise and shine the light that God has for us. That's right. And as I was giving this message, one verse that I was going to quote, I had it in my notes, I had it in the slides, Mm -hmm. um, and and chose not to, um, but but it was a really important one. It was Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, I'm sorry, verse 15 and 16 because Mm. the second half of verse 15 says then you will shine among them like stars in the sky and that idea of shining among the people that we're with because there's darkness around us it does pull from both isaiah 60 and places like daniel 12 3 which we went earlier this summer and and that's our calling to shine in the darkness shine like stars even Mm -hmm. and i was going to quote that verse because it fits perfectly with the theme perfectly with the message but i didn't Mm -hmm. uh for a number of different reasons um, because I always have too much stuff. That's the main thing. <laughs> That's right. But as I was looking at it, it starts with that sentence with then. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So whenever you see something like that in the Bible, you should be like, well, why does it say then? Why does it say therefore? What comes before this? What's the context that helps illuminate? So what do we have to do in order to shine? And mm-hmm. if you look back in the beginning of verse 14 where this section starts, the paragraph starts by Paul writing, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Ooh, do everything without <laughs> grumbling or arguing. And I think that's really key because if you don't grumble or argue, if you're not complaining, you're going to shine. Yeah. Because everybody complains. And it was kind of funny because I told Sawyer, I told you yesterday, yeah. mm-hmm. before like the topic that I really wanted to cover in this podcast mm-hmm. and and I said this, and then I spent the rest of the afternoon complaining. <laughs> Isn't I, that how it works, right? <laughs> I was on the phone with our insurance company, with, with the hospital, for a couple of bills. Oh, yeah. And, you know, from the twins being foreign, born. And yeah. I've, had, I've been on the phone so much with this because it seems like <laughs> with two kids, there's two chances for people to mis- make mistakes. So there's been little typos. I've made a couple of mistakes. Mm. They've made multiple mistakes. And then this agency and that agency, you know, it's all over the place. So I've been on the phone a lot, and I was like, just uh, being on the phone – with customer service is like 
life draining. <laughs> that was like life draining thing for me. On hold, just like waiting, listening right. to old music while I'm trying to do something else and, and trying to multitask. Multitasking itself is really bad for me and for most people. Nearly everybody. Nearly everybody. Yeah. It just like destroys your brain. When I'm at the end of a day after multitasking, I just feel wiped out completely. Yeah. Um, but the point was I spent the rest of the afternoon complaining. Even right now, I'm kind of complaining about it. <laughs> and I realized like I did that. And even this morning, I was complaining again to Melissa because I was going to have to finish up on the phone with, with someone that I mm-hmm. couldn't get a hold of yesterday after being on hold for like an hour plus. But I called him, was going to call him this morning. So on our walk this morning, um, I was telling Melissa about this and just complaining. And she just realized like I was not in a good mood. And she's like, why don't you go run? Like in a really nice way. Like we were on the walk and I, I was pushing the double jogging stroller yeah. with our twins in it. And I was like, okay, that's actually a really good idea. Because when I, I was running and then I felt better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I haven't complained too much about other stuff today. So I mean, you, you can uh, tell me. But, but He's the point been pretty was, good. He's been pretty good. The point was like I, I knew that we were going to teach on how we should not complain. And then I spent the rest of the day complaining. So I'm, I'm telling you this not as your uh, expert instructor who's the best at not complaining. Rather, the person who's struggling alongside of you guys. Right. Yeah, I, I have the same problem. I and mean, I have a tendency to complain as well. And, and it's just it's complaining. It's so easy to fall into, uh, especially right now. I think with social media, it makes such an easy way to just make any of your opinions out there like man I had this rough day this is what happened to me or posting on on Yelp with a business that maybe you had a bad experience with or right now there's so many things that are different like we can't go do the things that we want to do maybe you have a restaurant that you haven't been able to go to or you want to go see a movie or um, I know from our students with working with our students that there's a lot of complaining going on about online school right now and and, and just their frustrations of how they have to go about things. And I'm sure if you're a parent out there of an elementary school or a middle school or high school student, that you're hearing a lot of complaining from your student uh, as they try and figure out what um, online school looks like. And, and there's just so much complaining around us. And you're a culprit of it, you admit it, and I'm a culprit of it all the time. And so to hear this verse of saying, do everything without grumbling and arguing is like, Everything? Like, are you sure? Like, we can't everything? Like, that that's a huge claim to make. If, if we want to shine like stars, if we want to be that light, if we want to help bring hope to every home, like, this is, a, this is a huge thing to be like, do everything without complaining and arguing. Yeah, the, the word everything really leaves very little wiggle room, right? That's right. And one thing that I've noticed, because I, you know, despite what you may think, I have had jobs outside of ministry. Mm-hmm. And even in ministry, there may be a little bit of complaining, too. But, you know, I've had jobs where, like, the only way you talk with your coworkers is by complaining. Oh, 100%. Like, it's not just, like, one of the things that you talk about. It's, like, the thing. You complain about management. You complain about the rules. You complain about customers. You complain about um, working conditions. It's just complain, 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 complain. Yep. Sounds even right. Like right now, I'm complaining about. Oh, it, but I'm, I'm just about describing that. my work experiences, and some of you have had that. And sometimes it's like I don't know what to talk about with this coworker. We come mm-hmm. from completely different lifestyles, and we don't know each other outside of work. Right. But we can share in common that we have the worst boss in the world. You know, like that, <laughs> complaining is almost like a way that we like do it. And, and what I've seen is in a lot of workplace cultures, that is the culture. Yeah, for sure. I know that some relationships are the same way. Like, you call that friend when you want to complain about something, and she complains about something to you, you know, mm-hmm. or he, he does, he's always talking about how bad, you know, the 
the nuggets are. Right. right. You know, whatever this, maybe it's the subject or the person or the relationship or the workplace, we create mm-hmm. these cultures where it's almost expected that you complain. Even if you don't have something to complain about, you come up with something. Yeah. You know, my underwear's chafing, right? I don't know. It's just come it's up. It's a bit personal, but no. <laughs> but the point is, like, that, that's what we can do. We can just kind of fall into it. So it makes sense why, if we could get to the point where we do everything without grumbling, which mm-hmm. we're called to do, yeah. which we're commanded to do, if we can get that, we would shine. Oh, yeah, we would stick out. It would be clear and obvious that we are living differently, that there's something else different in our life. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's something that shines out. Yeah. With employees with volunteers, the ones that don't complain, like mm-hmm. even if they're just like quiet and introverted and don't say <laughs> <laughs> complaining, like they shine, they mm-hmm. stand out. And I think that's a way we as followers of Jesus can really shine in our workplaces, in our family relationships, with our friendships, with our neighbors, is just by not complaining. Yeah, definitely. I, something that when we look at this passage, there's that very specific language of children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Mm-hmm. And if we actually look into that passage, it's referring back to um, the wilderness generation. So these were the, the people of Israel that had come out of Egypt that were previously slaves in Egypt. And we're very familiar. Maybe you've seen the Prince of Egypt, you know, the ten plagues. And the plagues come and, and Pharaoh finally relents and lets them go and then chases them. And then they part the Red Seas. And we're very... We're, yeah, Charlton Heston. Yeah, that's right. The big moment. And, you know, right. let my people go. You know, that full nine. And so now they're out of Egypt. They're through the Red Sea, they're free, and now they're in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They send out spies to the promised land, and and they're scared, they're frightened, and these ten spies, and and so God doesn't allow them to go in the promised land. And they have to wander in this wilderness for not like a couple days, not like a year, 40 years. This is like a generation, that the generation that was supposed to go into the promised land is now wandering out in the deserts. Now, mind you, this is the Middle East. This isn't like a nice um, oasis. This is this is hot, dry lands with windstorms. And they're trying to deal with this situation. And over and over and over again, no matter what Moses or the leadership is trying to do, the people start to grumble. They don't have enough food. They're mad that they can't um, go into the promised land. They need water. They need this. They need this. And, and over and over again, Moses comes and says, hey, at, at least we're not in Egypt. And it actually gets to a point where the people grumble and complain so much about their situation that they wish that they were back in Egypt. They wish that they had never been freed as slaves, that they had, at least in e- Egypt, they say that we had we had some food, we had a place to live, like yeah, we were slaves, but you know, we were it was a lot better than this situation. Sure. And I think sometimes we can judge them, but like you mentioned, this is the Middle East. Like this is modern day um, Egypt on the Sinai Peninsula, yeah. this is Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. this is Jordan, like these are hot places. Yeah. And if I was out there for forty years with very little to eat very little to drink, living in a tent. I yeah, they didn't have an RV. I take a shower. <laughs> Nobody has deodorant because it's not invented yet. Sure. Like, uh, not the best of living situations. Yeah. Some of you can't even go camping without an RV, right? You, you're a glamper, right? So just imagine That's right. <laughs> 40 years. 40 years. The most of your life. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're complaining. Mm-hmm. And yet the command is to not complain. Right. Um, so like that generation, what, one of the things I've always thought with that generation is they say, I wish I could go back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. 
and that doesn't really compute for us because we're like, what are you talking about? That was slavery. Mm-hmm. You were beaten. You were whipped. You had high expectations put on you. You had to work super hard, and then they took away your straw. It, but they're like, oh my gosh! But at least we had home. At least we had meat to eat. You know, right. they, when we were there. And I think we do the same thing with our complaining. We mm-hmm. say, I wish I could go back. So many people are complaining right now about how hard it is to do online school, how right. hard it is to not see your friends, how difficult it is because I can't even go to church because I'm trying to stay avoid the virus. Mm-hmm. And we do whatever we can to make you safe when you do come to church. That's right. You know, I think I've seen some experts say it's safer to be outside with us than it is to go to the grocery store. So if you're going to go to the grocery store, come to church. <laughs> Our new worship director, Chase, is starting. So Brief plug. But um, yeah, that's a little bit of plug going off. The, but the point is we always say, I wish I could go back. I yeah. wish I could go back. But what were we doing last year at this time? We were complaining mm-hmm. about kids in school being misbehaving, not being able to see your family enough, working all the time. Being you know, too busy. Yeah, being too busy, dealing with traffic, having to write the light ride the light rail to get to work. Like now you get to work from home. You get to see your kids more. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have more time to do projects around the house. Right. You can work on those goals. You can read that book. So yes, there are hard things about right now, but I think it's just our human condition to look backwards with nostalgia. Yeah. So it's, it's that rose colored glasses that we don't, we don't see, or at least we don't think about the difficulties, the struggles that we were going through in that time. We just see, the good things. I don't know. It's it's like a TV show trope that whenever somebody has a flashback, like they have the nice music and yeah. it's like everything's going fine. And then they actually like cut, cut to what it was actually like. And it was actually like probably worse than what you're in right now. Oh, sure. And so we have this tendency to like look back at the past or even look forward to the future and say, man, it, it can only get worse from here. It was so good in the past. Yeah. But the truth is, is that if we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to have the opportunity to shine like stars, to um, shine God's light, to deliver hope to every home, that there's such a powerful witness in being content with where we're at. Mm-hmm. Before I got here, but you did a series on contentment, mm-hmm. with contentment in a world of discontent, is that what it was? In a discontent world? In a discontent that's world. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's, that's such a powerful thing because so many people, even even those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, it's so easy to fall into being discontent. Yeah, and if you go back, you can listen to that. Yeah, you can listen to it. Or watch it. AriseDenver.com slash media. Media. Slash media. There's the audio and video of that Mm -hmm. series, Contentment in a Discontent World, because it was a very practical series about practical steps that you can take to become content. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I want to challenge you, listener, to do this week to stop complaining is you will have times where you're uncomfortable, where your underwear is uncomfortable. Sure. Or your, or your sports situation. team is losing. Your sports or, team is yeah. losing. You are working from home full-time, and your spouse is working from home full-time, and you got three kids, mm-hmm. and this, and that, and whatever. So what do we do? And I would just encourage you to think of some practical things you could do. And first off is it's okay to complain to God. Mm. Okay, think about that. The point of complaining here is that we're grumbling to each other, we're complaining to each other. And yes, I think that the grumbling attitude of the Israelites was bad because it stayed there. Mm-hmm. But if we say, God, this is really hard, I'm struggling with this, and then we turn it into a prayer, saying, this is how I feel, God, can you lift me out of this? Yeah. Like if you read some of the Psalms, it's like, God, I'm in the muck and the mire, <laughs> lift me up. 
Yeah. Help me. And when we're turning to him, it's, it's, it's not complaining against him. It's turning to him in faith, mm-hmm. saying, help me in this situation. Help me out of this. Um, when, when you're about to complain, turn it into a prayer. Mm, that's such good advice. That's, that's really good advice because it's, it's really easy for us to just turn to the person next to us or our mm-hmm. spouse or our kids and just turn it into a complaint. But, yeah, what if we took that opportunity to turn that complaint into a prayer? Yeah, yeah, and honestly, that's what I was doing on my run this morning. There you go. <laughs> I was taking some of those complaints and turning them into prayer. Instead of, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be on hold all day and I'll never get anything done. But instead, God, I'm, this is annoying. Can you help me get what I need done mm-hmm. on the phone today and get the insurance coverage that we're supposed <laughs> to have? So turn it into a prayer. You know, even the practical thing like going on a run, like if you can get your whole body into some exercise, it can relieve some stress. Mm-hmm can help you with that. So there's just, I mean, a couple of practical things that you can do instead of complaining when you feel the need to complain. Right. Because, right. I, yeah, I don't think that the solution is not, well, these situations are never going to come up because that's that's just not the reality. And so we have these practical steps in place. And one that I would add also is that it's really easy for us to get frustrated at little things when we're not focused in the big things of life. Mm. So it sounds it sounds kind of cliche. It sounds a little um, like, oh, yes, of course, Sawyer. But in the moments of frustration, when we're frustrated with situations, when we feel the need to complain, like if we actually focus on the good things that we have in our lives, like if we count our blessings, mm. <laughs> it actually helps. Sure. Like it's not a cliche thing to do. I mean, maybe it's cliche to like write them out and maybe that works for you. But like actually think about like how does my life compare like – Maybe this is a first world problem that I'm going through. Maybe this is something that is significant at the time, but like a couple weeks from now, a month from now, like it's not really going to matter. Because I think the things that we complain about often are those little things, those frustrations. It's not those big significant things. And when we look at that in the proper scope and the proper perspective of our entire life, it puts them in the right perspective. Sure. This morning after my run, I was starting to feel a little better. Mm-hmm. I was feeding uh, our babies, the twins. Yeah. And giving some applesauce to Kanan, and he just decided he wants to whack the spoon. It's all applesauce everywhere. Try it again. Wax the spoon. And I'm yep. like, come on, Kanan. You know, like just that immediate like complaint. And then to stop and think, you know, for me, like we tried five years before we ever could have a child. Yeah. And then even if we hadn't, once we hadn't Kinley, we thought maybe she'd be the only one we'd have. And here I have three kids mm-hmm. and a son. Like, wow. Like, cares if I get a little applesauce on me. Like, I have just decided to embrace the fact that I can't make it through a full day with clean clothes. It's just part of my life now. And that's okay. Fair enough. And that's okay. Who cares? It's, you know, applesauce or even something that could actually stain my clothes. But the point is, I could complain about it or I could see, wow, like, how incredible it is that I have a kid and a kid that is smart enough now to be like, I don't want that. And to take action with it. (laughs) There you go. Reframing your situation (laughs) to prevent the complaining. That's so true. Um, something else I wanted to talk about is it's not only – it's not do everything without grumbling, mm-hmm. but it's do everything without grumbling or arguing. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point, or arguing. How do we do that? Because there are people like me who like to argue, right? You like to discuss things. Um, so does that mean we can't argue? No. I, I think what it's getting at is there's a difference between a discussion and an argument, right? Mm-hmm. That we can we can disagree with one another. We can have a conversation about why I think my opinion is correct, why um, uh, maybe you think your opinion is correct, without it moving to a level of an argument. 
Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that what changes is, is that whatever you're discussing moves beyond what you're discussing and moves to us personally. Mm-hmm. That we can discuss this topic, maybe we have a disagreement on a, a way to do something at work or um, a best way to figure out our family schedule, but anytime it moves to, will you always, or you don't understand, when, it, when the discussion becomes not about the topic, mm-hmm. when it becomes about the person, yeah. we've moved into this argument phase. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's really important that he... That, that um, Paul, in writing to the Philippians, he's talking about these two things. So it's not just grumbling. It's not just the things you say when you're frustrated, maybe to yourself or, or to the people around you. But it's also in the ways that we interact with people that are maybe above us. Hmm. And so it's not just people on the same level, but often we end up complaining about what our boss does to our coworkers, right? Yeah. But we also can maybe go up to our boss and be like, Man, this new in, this new um, thing that you instituted, I really disagree with it, and it becomes an opportunity to argue, mm-hmm. to be quarrelsome, and it affects how people view us. Yeah, that if we're viewed as a person that is argumentative, that is quarrelsome, it's gonna affect our ability to shine. Mm-hmm. That how we interact with other people, how we um, deal with situations, how we deal with frustrations, how we talk about things that we disagree with is going to affect not only people's opinion of you, but people's opinion of what you believe in. Yep. Your ability to tell them about God, to invite them to church, to speak truth in their life when they're going through a difficult time. Like, it's not just about us. Like, we are ambassadors for Christ. Sure. So when when your boss does hand down a decision you disagree with, mm-hmm. when your manager comes in and, and tells you you're doing it wrong and you're angry and you think they're wrong, yeah. um, it can make a huge impact on them and on your coworkers. You can shine to them with, if instead of arguing with them, mm-hmm. uh, being contentious or angry or upset, you take time, mm-hmm. think about it, pray about it, go to them in person, in private, and say, hey, you know, here are some of the reasons why I think that was wrong, mm-hmm. and, but I will respect whatever decision you make. Right. If you do that, you will actually gain points with that manager and with that boss, yeah. even if you disagree with them. And then if they're like, no, 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 here's the reasons why, and, and we're doing it, and you say, okay, because what, what happens when you're the employee or, you know, the volunteer mm-hmm. and... You have to go out and represent the decision, even if it's one you disagree with. Right. And right. if you can do that and shine to others, like, yes, we, we do need to wear masks. <laughs> like, I didn't make the mask order in our state. Mm-hmm. We had a family that showed up to church one Sunday um, and said, do we have to wear masks? And we said, well, yeah. You know, it's the state mask. Mm-hmm. And we, we require masks. And they turned around and left. Yeah. And we respect their decision to do that, that mm-hmm. they only wanted to come if they could be maskless. But we represent our governor, and we give honor to whom honor is due, and that mm-hmm. includes the governor who made a decision, even if I wasn't a part of it. Or, <laughs> um, you know, I, he didn't I, give I, you a call, Matt. He, he, he didn't personally call me. You no. know, I'm still waiting for that. Wow. Um, yeah. But the point is, we we have to do that. We have to defend decisions that aren't ours, instead of being the one who grumbles and argues. Right. And when we do that, we actually shine to others. Mm-hmm. We shine to others. We can be a light, and then they'll notice something different about us because of our attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya Angelou once said that if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude about it. Mm. 
And I think that's a good so step. Good. Like, so if we can change it, change it. If you yeah. can't, you've got to change your attitude. You've got to stop grumbling, stop arguing. And when you do that, you will shine like the stars in the sky. So there you go. There you go. Um, well, thanks for listening today. If you like this, please um, like us on whatever podcast, app, or, or streaming service <laughs> that you're using. Like us, review us, share us, and send us emails with comments, questions. Hopefully not too many complaints this week. But if you have them, we'll <laughs> listen to them too because we love what, to hear from Respectfully <laughs> disagreements. That's fine. We'd love to hear them. Disagreements yeah. are great. Yeah, we'd love. You can uh, email and we're still using our old email addresses for the time being, straff at stapletonchurch.com or mwolf at stapletonchurch.com. Hopefully pretty soon that will be switched over to our new email addresses, yep. but you can still catch us there. And we're so glad you joined us. We will talk with you next week. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening. Sawyer Trapp again, our associate pastor here at Arise Church. If this podcast has impacted you, if it's made an impact on the life and the way that you live, we want to encourage you to do three things. The first is to subscribe, to get this podcast weekly on whatever device you're listening to. The second is we want to get to know you better. Perhaps we've never met you or you've never got the opportunity to join us in person for one of our Sunday morning services. We want to get to know you better. The best way to do that is to have you fill out a form at arisedenver.com slash new and we will reach out to you personally to get to know you better. And the last thing is if this podcast has been a support in your life and it's been an encouragement, we encourage you to support us. We're all based on your donations and we want to continue to make an impact in this community for Jesus. So if you visit arisedenver.com slash give, you can support our mission in this community and help more and more people follow Jesus. Thank you so much for listening.